If you would, please turn to 1 Timothy chapter 2. Timothy chapter 2, and I'm going to begin reading in verse 1. It says, I exhort therefore that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceful, peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Whereunto I am ordained a preacher and an apostle. I speak the truth in Christ and lie not, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and verity. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, for tonight, uh, be with me as I share what you've laid on my heart. and Give me the words you would have me to say tonight. Be with everyone here in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So the title of my message tonight is Three Things That All People Need. There are three things that all people need that are shown in these scriptures. Number one, all people need prayer. Number two, all people need to come to the knowledge of the truth. And lastly, all people need Christ as their mediator. Let's dive deeper into the word and see what the Lord has to say in this. So first in verses one and two, it is all people need to be prayed for. The first question I have is who do we pray for? The end of verse 1 gives us the answer to this question. If you look back in verse 1, it says, I exhort therefore that first of all, all, first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. So who do we pray for? We pray for all men. Pray for your family, your brothers and sisters, your parents, your grandparents, your distant relatives, and even your enemies. As Matthew 5.47 says, But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. People need prayer, even the people that you may not necessarily like, or the people that may not like you. All people need prayer. Another question is, how do we pray for them? It's laid out in verse 1. Supplications, which is prayer for particular benefits, or to pray on behalf of another. It is you praying for others. Another one is intercessions. It's standing between God and someone else so you can pray for them. This is what Moses did for the nation of Israel when they worshipped the golden calf in Deuteronomy chapter 9. Deuteronomy chapter 9 and verse 26, if you would turn there. Deuteronomy chapter 9 and verse 26 says, I prayed therefore unto the Lord, and said, O Lord God, destroy not thy people and thine inheritance, which thou hast redeemed through thy greatness, which thou hast brought forth out of Egypt with a mighty hand. Moses was standing between God and Israel and was making intercessions for them. He was pleading to God not to destroy them then. And th lastly, what we do is giving of thanks. Be thankful for all that the Lord gives you. Also be thankful for the Lord, the, all the people that he has placed in your life. And Another question is, why do we pray for these people? The question you may have is, why do I pray for others? Why should I pray for that coworker who makes me angry every time I work with them? Why should I pray for that person who is in front of me at the in, in the line at Walmart in front of me that has three or four carts of food that are packed full? 
Why should I pray for the addict who asks me for money every time I see them? Why do I pray for my neighbor who's always loud at 3 in the morning when I'm trying to sleep? Why do we pray for all these people? Going back to that verse in Matthew, it says, But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. The Lord gives us a command to love our enemies and to pray for those who use us. Like the person who asks for money, they still need love. Even the people we may not think deserve it, they still need love. The Lord loved them first. He died for all people, not only the people that we choose. Paul was telling Timothy that even though he was surrounded by people that didn't necessarily like him for what he believed in, he was still to pray for them. The leaders in town, the families of some of the church members at Ephesus, or even some of the local townsfolk could have been giving these people in the scripture grief for what they believed in, but they were still to pray for them. When the townsfolk acted in violence, the people of God were to act in love. And when they see how we act, even though they persecute or give grief to us, they will see the Lord through us. When we do these things, we will see that quiet and peaceful life that is godly and dignified in every way. From verse 2. The opposite of this quiet and peaceful life is a life of strife and vainglory, which is fighting and putting one's own self before other people. As Philippians 2, uh, chapter 2, verses 3 through 5 says, Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind. Let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Secondly, in verses 3 through 4, we see that all people need to come to the knowledge of the truth. If you look at verses 3 through 4, it says, For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. The question is, what is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior? When we are doing these things in verses 1 and 2, like praying and having a love for people who seem to only want to bring us down, that is what is good and acceptable in the Lord's sight. Because He wants all people to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. And how are they to come to this unless we are having a love for them and praying for these people? Now the question is, is knowing about God enough? Is it enough just to know that God exists? To know that God is all-powerful? To know about the truth? Is it enough just to know about God? Knowing about the Lord isn't just having facts and being able to quote scriptures. It is experiencing the Lord's power and might in your life. You can read a manual to a car, but that won't help you drive it well. You won't have the experience until you get behind that wheel and start driving. Just like you won't experience the Lord's power and might until you take that step in faith and follow Him. If you look in uh, the scripture, the word knowledge here... The word knowledge here can be, I had to look at the definition. Normal knowledge is just to know about something, but the word knowledge here means to experience. So the word knowledge here means to know fully or to experience. A phrase I said is experience paired with knowledge. You can know a ton of information on the tomb of the Lord. You can quote the scriptures. You can tell me what you know about it, where it's at, that the Lord isn't buried there. But I have experienced the garden tomb. I have been inside it. I know he's not there. I've seen it. I have experienced it. You can know about something, but when you experience something, it becomes true. 
you can know about it, and you you can know about it and about something when you experience something, it becomes true. You can know about it and you've experienced it. God doesn't want people to know about the truth. He wants people to experience the truth. Jesus is the truth, and the only way we can come to know the truth is to know Jesus Christ is our Savior. Amen. Have you experienced the Lord in your life? Amen. Let me ask you that again. Have you experienced the Lord in your life? Amen. And lastly, all people need Christ as their mediator. Look at verses 5-7. through seven. It says, For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Jesus Christ who gave himself a ransom for all, to be testified in due time. Whereunto I am ordained a preacher and an apostle, I speak the truth in Christ and lie not, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and verity. Uh, I had to look up what the definition of a mediator was. So, what is a mediator? Paul uses the word mediator here, which we don't use much today. A mediator is one who unites parties, or who mediates peace. One who brings two parties into a peace agreement. One who stands between the two parties to bring unity between them. A lawyer, a lawyer is a mediator between two parties. The lawyer tries to bring peace between them and he communicates between them. Just like Jesus stands between us and God. Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ, he is our high, great high priest. He can deliver. He has been where we are and he understands what we are going through. Christ is our mediator who wants peace between us and God. And there's only one mediator. If you look in, look at verse uh, 5, it says, For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Jesus Christ. There is only one God and one mediator, and it is Jesus Christ. He stands between us and God. He stands between us so that we can have a relationship with Him. If you look in verse 5, it says, For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, and that's Jesus Christ. This verse says the only way to approach the Lord is through one mediator, and that mediator is Jesus Christ. And lastly is, our mediator gave himself as a ransom. Christ stepped down from heaven and took the form of a man. He gave his life so that you and I can be free. He gave himself to be a ransom for all people, for you. You can look around at all the other supposed gods that supposedly can save you. You can visit their graves and they are still there. But Jesus is not in that grave anymore. He died for me and he rose on the third day. Now he is standing between us and God and we can have a relationship with the Lord. The Lord has offered a free gift for all people and all you have to do is have faith that he can save you. If I can have the musicians come forward. In closing tonight, these are the three things people need. First, people need our prayers even our enemies, and the people who don't deserve it. Secondly, all people need to experience the Lord in their lives. People don't just need to know about God, but they need to experience God. And lastly, all people need Jesus Christ as their mediator. He is the only way to go to the Father. In closing, are you praying for others? Are you experiencing the Lord in your life? Is Jesus Christ your mediator? Amen.